Welcome to the church family that is lifting lives through living love, inspiring hope, filling with faith, and transforming our world. These recorded messages are made available so that you might have additional opportunities to stay connected with us, and then you might learn and grow in your faith. God bless you as you hear the word today. And now, the message. Our scripture reading for this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his word. This season of Advent, we've been talking about unexpected, how God shows up in unexpected moments and unexpected places and through unexpected people. And I was trying to think of like an example of an unexpected person. And I don't know, my mind went to my favorite Christmas movie, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, This is not an endorsement of this movie from your spiritual leader. I don't want you to think less of me as a Christian because this is my favorite, but it cracks me up every single season. I have to watch it. If you've never seen uh, Christmas Vacation, the center of the story is Clark Griswold, the main character, who has this vision of a big family Christmas. And he, you know, gets a way too big tree that barely fits in his living room. And he covers every inch of his house with Christmas lights. But the one thing that Clark Griswold did not plan for was the arrival of some unexpected guests. In particular, Cousin Eddie and his family. Now, Cousin Eddie shows up, you know, played by Randy Quaid, uh, in an RV with his kids and his wife in tow, and of course with his uh, his, his dog, Snots, who uh, destroys their Christmas feast, chasing after squirrel, among other things. And if you've ever seen the movie, you know, uh, Cousin Eddie shows up pretty much 
empty-handed. He brings nothing to the table except his giant need because he doesn't have any gifts for his children, hasn't done so in who knows how long. And so Clark takes that on, he provides gifts for them, even though he doesn't know where the margin is gonna come from. And, and even though Cousin Eddie brings nothing to the table, I, I have to tell you, he's my favorite character in the whole movie. Like all of my favorite lines come from Eddie. Uh, and, and, and the amazing thing is, is even though Eddie messes things up, uh, even though he is a massive inconvenience, somehow by the end of the movie, most of the good things that come to Clark and to his family come through cousin Eddie, which just goes to show that God can use unexpected people, anybody to bring unexpected blessings into our lives. So when you think shepherds of the Christmas story, I want you to think cousin Eddie, right? Like the last guy that you would want at a birth announcement or, you know, to, to visit your child when they're born in the hospital. Like, 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 you know, cousin Eddie, the shepherds were dirty, smelly, uncouth, lived at the edges of society, didn't fit in with others. They, they, they would have been in completely out of place, you know, kind of in the high dining halls where the rich and powerful dined and where they made decisions and shaped the world and economy and society. I mean, the shepherds, they lived on the fringes. They, they were invisible by most. And so what does it tell us that God invited the cousin Eddies of the world to come and to be present at the birth of his son. What does this story about the shepherds have to tell us? Well, the first thing I think it does is it speaks a word to us about judgment. Not about God's judgment, but about our own judgments. Because all of us make judgments. We don't mean to, but we all make judgments as we go through the world. Sometimes we size people up like, you know, the shepherds. We, we kind of size people up according to whatever their occupation may be. Or sometimes it's not their occupation, but it's their appearance. However, they may appear before us. We make assumptions about who they are based on that appearance. Or sometimes we do it based on how they talk, their education level, their political correctness, the size of their house or the condition of their car. I do it. We all do it. But here's the thing. Even though we make, we, you know, we, we make judgments on all these little details, like we make judgments about people's worth without knowing their stories at all. And God wants nothing to do with our judgments. He thinks nothing of them. The most famous shepherd in all the Bible is a story is, is King David. And the story of how he became king is a story about judgment. Now at the beginning, it's a judgment against King Saul, who was king before David, that even though Saul looked the part of a king, you know, was a, was a great warrior and so forth, he continually disobeyed God time and time again. And so God sent the prophet Samuel to speak a word of judgment that said, the Lord has sought out a man, not you, after his own heart and has appointed him to be ruler over his people. Now that's Samuel 13, you can see. Then three chapters go by and Samuel doesn't really do anything about it. And so God says to Samuel, what are you waiting for? Why are you grieving? over Saul. I've rejected him as king. Get on with it. So I fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. 
And so Jesse went to Beth, or Samuel went to Bethlehem and he met with Jesse and explained to him what the Lord had told him. Now Jesse had seven sons. And so he called his sons in and one by one, he had them pass before the prophet Samuel. And his oldest son, Eliab, looked the part of a king. He was tall, strong, handsome. Samuel looked at him and said, surely the Lord's anointed is now before me. And then God spoke to Samuel and said, nope. Actually, literally what he said is this, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so after Eliab came another son and another and another and another until all the sons except one had passed. And Samuel said to Jesse, do you have any more sons? And Samuel said, well, I got little David. He's out in the fields watching over the sheep. He was the last person any of the family would have thought of as a king. He was the run of the litter. He was a small, annoying little brother. And yet when he came before Samuel, Samuel, the Lord's the spirit spoke to him and said, this is he, this is the king. This is the one after my own heart. And Samuel anointed David, and we know the rest of the story from there. But my point is, I want to take you back to what God said to Samuel. The Lord does not look, mortals look at outward appearance, but God judges by the heart. God sees what none of us can see. And God can use anyone Anywhere, even the run of the litter, even a smelly, dirty shepherd, God can use anyone to move his story forward. So if we're going to find God in unexpected times and unexpected places, and especially in unexpected people, we have to ask God humbly to remove from us the judgments we make about other people so that we can learn to see God's presence and image and the image bearers that are always around us. Every single day, the people we pass by in the stores and in the street to become open and aware of God's presence in every person, even the people who are most unexpected in our lives. Which gets me to a second point. The, the word of the shepherds is a word against our judgments, but I also think it raises for us the question of sight. Because a lot of times we judge people not with like an outright rejection. Rather, we, we, we just miss them because they're invisible to us. We're too preoccupied with our own lives. We're too busy with just all the things we're running around doing. And so, so we just fail to see others. And so let me take you to another story about judgment. And this is the story of the final judgment, God's final judgment in Matthew 25. It's the last parable that Jesus tells in Matthew's gospel. And interesting enough, it also features livestock. And the king in the story is a shepherd. At the end of the time, the shepherd, the king, will divide all the people into two categories. The sheep he'll place on his right and the goats he's going to place on his left. And he'll turn to all the sheep and he'll say, Blessed are you, come you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom that is prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the king will turn to those on his left, the goats, 
And he'll say, you that are cursed, depart from me into the fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me naked and you did not give me clothing sick and in prison and you did not visit me. And then here's the interesting part. Both groups, sheep and goats, ask the exact same question. Lord, when did we see you? Hungry or thirsty or naked or sick or in prison or a stranger. When did we see you? And the Lord will reply, as you did it for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it for me. It's a question of sight. Lord, when did we see you? And all of us, I think we have this habit. It's just part of the, the, the inward, that we're all curved inward as human beings focused on ourselves. And so it's very easy for us to organize our lives in a way that we never come in contact with the least of these. But Jesus identifies himself with the least of these with those who are least visible in the world. In the world's economy, they have nothing to give back to us perhaps, but in God's economy, they have everything to give to us because they can teach us who God is. They can show us the presence of Christ. And so we who are so busy and preoccupied, we have to find ways of structuring some portion of our lives to come into contact with the least of these in our world. You all, many of you know, know this, but the way I do this is by my service with the Haitian community. Every Sunday, a group of us go to the Haitian community on the, the eastern side of the city and we teach English classes there. And let me tell you, most Sundays we go, I'm worn out. Like by the time, you know, when 1.30 hits and it's time to, like, I'm just tired. And there's this part of me that thinks, oh, I don't wanna go today, but I have to. And, and I feel that way because I'm just worn out. But when I get there, the first person welcomes and receives. And the next thing you know, they're all kind of giving hugs or, you know, the, the, the Haitian women greet with a kiss. And before long, I'm energized and I'm just, they're so great, graceful in welcoming us who come to be with them. So thankful that we would take just those 90 minutes out of our week in order to be with them, not just to teach them language, but just to say that we see them, to practice kindness from, you know, they're in a foreign place where they don't know the language and we get to be the hands and feet of Christ in those moments and they get to be Christ back to us. Now, as Walt said in the video, every person has their own passions that intersect with the needs of the world. So that's my passion, but you probably have your own passions. And in our church, every person I can just look out, there are people who make blankets as a way of caring for those who are sick in our community, in our world. Uh, there's a, uh, one member of our church who was delivered. Hey, I talked to him this morning. He's delivered 55, uh, he's, he's gone to 55 homes to deliver the angel tree gifts that we all collected because he has a heart for those who are incarcerated and he wants their families to know that they love them. Hey, there's, of course, Walt, Don, and others who build uh, wheelchair ramps. There are people who serve at Fletcher Place, who, who love to cook and prepare meals. There are people who love to care for others. Uh, who, who, and people who love to spend time with kids. I don't know what your particular passion is, but I just want to say, when you connect it up with the least of these in the world, something 
happens. When you get to know them, when you get to know their stories, when they call you their friend, it'll change the way you see the world. And it'll change the way you see God. Which gets me to the best part of the story. Because not only is it a word about our judgments and a word about sight, but it's also a word about who God is. It's a story of the gift of inclusion because the inclusion of the shepherds should tell us something about God's character, who God is. God didn't invite the shepherds because they were worthy. God didn't invite the shepherds because they were good and righteous. We don't know if they were righteous or they're good people at all. He didn't invite them because they were important or influential. He invited them because he had good news to share with the world. And he wanted to share it first with those that he knew would be glad to receive it. The shepherds were the least likely suspects to be invited to receive this good news. I mean, they weren't kings. They weren't movers and shakers in the world. Who were they that God would invite them to the birth of his son? They had to know that this was an unexpected grace. And when they received the good news and after the angels had left them, they immediately replied, let us go to Bethlehem. Let us see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. I love this picture of the shepherds, like they're racing each other to get to the stable. And when they got there and when they found the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, just the way the angels had told them, they shared the story, the wonder. They were caught up. You can imagine for the shepherds, how they were caught up in the whole glory of it all, the glory of the choir angel, the good news of God's long-awaited long Messiah come to earth, the good news of a baby lying in a manger. But I imagine, too, mixed up in all that was also their wonder that of all the people in the world, God chose them, which meant that they weren't abandoned. They weren't forgotten They weren't invisible. Rather, God had made them witnesses to the birth of his son. He had brought them into his story, a story that would be told for thousands of years to come, which had to tell them on some level that they were seen, valued, known, and included. And if God could invite a bunch of shepherds to come to the manger, then that tells me that God invites every single person into his presence through his son, Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter where your, you know, what your stature in society is. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter the condition of your soul. Every person is invited into God's presence through the gift of his son, Christ Jesus. We're all invited to come with the shepherds, to come to the manger, to marvel and wonder, to receive and to give thanks for this great joy which has been given to us. Here's the thing, by its definition, here's what I want you to hear, by its definition, grace is unexpected. If favor is expected from someone, it's not grace at all. That's entitlement. It's when we receive favor that we didn't expect. 
It's when we receive love that we didn't earn. It's when God's love comes to us when we feel most unworthy. That's when we experience the goodness of God's grace. It is 100% pure gift. And from when the shepherds were included, they experienced it as 100% God's gift that they didn't earn. And from unexpected inclusion, from unexpected grace comes unexpected joy. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were included, when you were brought in, not because you were worthy, but simply because someone told you, I love you. That's the story of the shepherds. So please remember this Christmas season that you are welcomed, that you are included. You are not entitled, none of us is, but we are all invited, invited into the presence of a savior who entered our world in a lowly stable. And if we allow the wonder of that to fill our hearts, just like it did the the hearts of the shepherds. If we allow it to overwhelm us, then we can see that every single person is invited with us. Not a single person is excluded. There is room around the manger for every person of every tribe, every nation, every family on earth. We're all welcomed and included and invited to come and marvel at the goodness of God's grace that he would send us an unexpected Messiah to save us and all the world. Amen.